Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hi! Welcome back into the Force to Punt podcast. I am your host, Steven Serta. Thank you guys for joining me each and every week throughout the fantasy football season. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at 610SportsKC. You can also follow me at Steven Serta. And you can follow my co-host, Dusty Likens, on Twitter at Dusty Likens. Dusty, what's going on? Not much, man. That's... uh... L-I-K-I-N-S, by the way. You got to leave the E out of that last name and you'll never find me. Yeah, just in case. So, Dusty, we... What's that? Yeah. Sorry, I just lost you for a bit. Uh, So, Dusty, we had uh, a lot of action in week three of the NFL season. It was actually... It was a really fun week in fantasy football. There was a lot of surprises. There was a lot of high scores. Uh, There was a lot of good games last week. We talked about it on last week's podcast. There was a ton of good games going into the weekend. There was a ton of action, ton of fantasy plays. And so headed into this week, there's also some good games this week that we obviously want to have some fantasy pieces. Uh, But where I want to start today the Chiefs absolutely dominated the Ravens on Monday Night Football. Uh, final score was 34-20, to 20, but the game really wasn't that close. The, the, the Chiefs had some mistakes, but they dominated all throughout. Obviously, as we said, heading in, into the game in what looked like a tough matchup against the Baltimore Ravens, you just start your Chiefs every week. Like We don't need to explain much about the Kansas City Chiefs, although McCole Hardman did finally break out and have a big game. So if you, if you had to start him because of wide receiver injuries, and there's plenty of those right now. Uh, McCole Hardman paid off this past week against a very good defense. But what I want to focus on right now is the Baltimore Ravens backfield. Now, this is a rushing attack that set records last season, a a rushing attack that, while we probably expected Lamar Jackson to regress a little bit because you can't put up record-breaking numbers every every year as a rushing quarterback, and, and you can't be an MVP every single season, Lamar Jackson's still going to be a, a a top three weekly fantasy option despite a bad game against the Chiefs. But that backfield is absolutely devastating fantasy teams right now. Like Mark Ingram was drafted as a guy that 
who was a RB1 last year and was really, really efficient and scored a lot of touchdowns and was great in the limited capacity and role that he had within the Ravens' offense. Uh, But now this season, they've gone into full-blown committee with Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, and the guy that we all really want to see and just let them unleash is J.K. Dobbins because we know uh, the talented rookie's the best running back on the team. Uh, but Gus Edwards isn't going anywhere, and Gus Edwards been has been really productive. Dobbins and Edwards, on less carries than Ingram, are both averaging almost seven yards per carry. Mark Ingram's averaging four yards per carry, and the whole committee approach is just ruining all the fantasy value of all three of these running backs. So what what do we do, Dusty? What what do you what's your plan if you have any of these backs on your fantasy roster? I think the main you know, I think the main way that to do this is that you would go with keeping Dobbins and handcuffing Gus Edwards to kind of keep those two just in case, like, because I'm almost to the point where I think Mark Ingram is droppable. I know in one of the leagues that I play in, he was dropped, and then it was just a fight probably on the waiver wire for some people that just want to clean up somebody else's trash. But I do think that we are seeing the stoppage in what is very productive numbers for Mark Ingram. Now, here's the deal they might come out of nowhere and just like absolutely destroy the next team they play. And Mark Ingram has, you know, two touchdowns, 50 yards. Everybody goes, well, thanks a lot guys. But you're like, you know, you nail it right on the head. Dobbins is the most prolific, the best option back there. As soon as they realize that and Ingram and Edwards are just clouds in your coffee that just continue to like get in the way for a little bit. You don't know what to do, but if I had any suggestions, if you have Dobbins, obviously you keep them. But I think that you got to somehow figure out a way to get Gus Edwards on your roster as well and just get away from Mark Ingram. Yeah, and in a in a deep dynasty league that I'm in, I might actually have to start Gus Edwards this week because yeah. I've got a lot of yeah. running back injuries. Uh, you know, Leonard Fournette might play. I've got Christian McCaffrey in that league. He's definitely not playing this week. And so I might have to start Gus Edwards because I don't have many other options. But that's basically all you can do with this backfield right now. Now, I, I'm not saying you need to drop Ingram just yet, and I've had people asking me all week on Twitter if they can. I just think this rushing attack is too talented. They're going to insist on using a committee approach, which they kind of did that last season. It, it, it just it hasn't, it wasn't as bad last season because they scored so many touchdowns. They haven't scored nearly as many touchdowns at the same rate this season, and Mark Ingram just hasn't looked as good. Like, I'm not saying Mark Ingram's completely washed up. He's just, he's not ripping off the explosive runs like he was last season. He's not doing it at a a super highly efficient rate in the way that he was doing it last season. And J.K. Dobbins, it's like you can see every week. Like, J.K. Dobbins is an incredible pass catcher. That's basically all they're using him as. Like, he's only getting a, a couple of carries a game. But like in week two, he had two carries, but one of them he broke off for a 44-yard run. Like in in week one, he only had a few carries, but two of them were for touchdowns. And last week, he only had a couple of carries and didn't do much with them, but he had some big plays in the passing game. Like he's clearly the best back, and it's incredibly infuriating because you know this is a Super Bowl-caliber team, but it feels like they're going to insist on this committee approach instead of just handing this thing over to Dobbins. So... Unless you're absolutely desperate like I am this week and might have to put Gus Edwards into a lineup, 
you can't start any of these guys for the foreseeable future. Like, I, I don't even care if Mark Ingram does go out and have a good game this week. And, and their running game should should bounce back against Washington, who hasn't been great against the run this season. And Washington's probably going to be without number one overall pick Chase Young for a couple of weeks. So this is like a great bounce back matchup after getting dominated by the Chiefs for the Ravens to just run all over Washington. And I think they will. But how can I put any of these guys into my lineup with any type of confidence? I don't. I mean, if confidence is what you're seeking, I think that that's something you need to try to figure out. This is more so now if you are that damaged at running back. Like when it comes to Baltimore, this is why we say stay away, because in order to get it right, you have to gamble and you have to gamble right, which means you have to bank on that. It's Gus Edwards who gets the carries inside the five not Mark Ingram, or that it's J.K. Dobbins that does get back involved in the passing offense, which sounds like it could be a good week for that, even though uh, Chase Young's out. Washington's D-line is still pretty gnarly. And the other thing that goes without mentioning that is the uh, elephant in the room is that the reason that some of these rushing attacks are gone is, well, hello, their quarterback is going to take a a large share of those running plays as well. Yeah, but, I mean, he did that last season. And, and yeah, it, and but, I mean, last matter. season they just had Mark Ingram, basically. It was like Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson. And now it's like, you know, I mean, I know I know Gus was there as well. But, I mean, like, now it's like, okay, well, how do we get this rookie mixed in? We have new offensive plays that we have to mix in. And it just seems like they're just kind of confused. And it seems like it's going to be option one is Lamar. Option two is what Lamar wants to do with it. And then option three is like, okay, we'll figure it out from there. Well, the reason I wasn't targeting Ingram and, and you know, I, I listened to a lot of guys and I and I talked to a lot of people and, and there there were a lot of people in the industry who still loved Mark Ingram's value, like where he was going in drafts. And I was like, I, I'm not touching Mark Ingram. I, I, I was targeting J.K. Dobbins everywhere. And it's clear yeah. that he's the most talented back on this team. I, I don't know if his role is going to expand. I think that he has shown that it absolutely deserves to. Because I think that he might be, outside of Lamar Jackson, I think he's probably the most talented offensive player that they have. Like, Mark Andrews is great, but Mark Andrews has done this disappearing act before where he'll have a monster week, score two touchdowns, and have 90 yards, and then he's quiet for a couple of weeks. And he's been quiet since week one now. And Hollywood Brown, who we were all expecting to really break out and take a big step forward this season has had a couple of okay weeks, but he hasn't really had a monster breakout game yet either. He's been kind of quiet and inconsistent. Like, Lamar Jackson's obviously one of the three best starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. And J.K. Dobbins is probably the second most talented offensive weapon on that team. And so it just doesn't make sense to me, but we we go through this fight every year, uh, especially with rookie players. So uh, we're just going to continue to be frustrated with the Ravens' backfield, I believe. I think... I think that they could wind up being just fine this week. Like, I I think, you know, Dobbins has potential to score a touchdown. Edwards has another opportunity to get, you know, 10 carries for 75 yards. And Mark Ingram, I think, does probably get in the end zone this week and and have a wind up having a solid game. So if you're desperate and you have to start him, I understand. I just don't want to do it until, until Harbaugh decides, all right, we got to get this kid, like, like sixty percent of the touches, and then and then we'll divide the rest of it between between Mark and Gus. I I, I can't I can't start any other running backs. Yeah, and that's where I'm at with it. Is is I've got Dobbins on I believe two rosters, 
and I'm kind of there with you. Like I lost McCaffrey in one of my leagues. So I had to really spend a lot of money and get a bunch of guys to kind of cycle through and just play matchups with certain backup running backs that are filling voids right now. Um, but I'm with you. I think until John Harbaugh really shows us what his, and he will, he does this every year where things get a little rocky and then he figures something out and then they start to ride with it and it's ends up being pretty successful. But like you said, until they get Dobbins that 60% workload where they're like, okay, this guy's the most talented running back. We've got to use him. We've got to involve him more in the offense. And when you start to see that, then I think you can take it away. But until then, you know, this week obviously is, is really tough because they played the, the Washington football team. And, you know, as much of a disaster as that team is, don't let these numbers fool you because they might be skewed. Like you said, Ingram might get in. Gus might have 10 for 75 and might get in. And, and Dobbins, you know, might do something. But until you see some, some pure – uh solidified offensive production from these guys i'm with you sir you just got to stay away from this uh other big storyline from this week we are dealing with our first covid outbreak amongst an nfl team where where players and staff members have uh had multiple positive tests uh so it was between the the titans had a staff member who tested positive who was on the team flight, who was around the team. Now they've had, I believe, four players test positive, uh, multiple staff members, and it's putting their games this week in jeopardy. Uh, The Vikings game, so far, no Vikings players or staff members have tested positive, so that game might move forward this Sunday. But the Titans and Steelers game is in serious jeopardy. Uh, Titans facility is closed possibly until Saturday. So they're talking about right now what was supposed to be a noon Sunday kickoff could get pushed back to Monday or possibly even Tuesday, depending on what happens here. Uh, there was a report yesterday from Pro Football Talk that it might be Monday, a Monday doubleheader with the Titans and Steelers game beginning at 4 p.m., which would be awesome. I, I'm totally yeah, no in, and totally in favor of that. Um, but this is a circumstance where – when you're a fantasy owner, this is something that your league needed to discuss ahead of the season and kind of come up with a game plan because this is getting a little, you know, now you're at a point where, like, I have Deontay Johnson in every league that I'm in. Like, I, I, I'm in I'm in so many leagues this year, and Deontay Johnson was a guy that I was targeting in almost all of them, and I think I have him in all but one league. Well, he entered the concussion protocol last week, and he's still in the concussion protocol, so he's questionable for this game anyways. Uh, Titan star wide receiver A.J. Brown hasn't played since week one because he's been banged up. He's questionable. We're hoping he can get back on the field. But you can't really put these guys in your lineup and hope that we get word before Monday uh, afternoon that they're going to play. So, so. I'm curious, uh, Dusty, in the leagues that you're in, how are you guys handling this? Because in a lot of leagues that I'm in, we kind of put we put contingency plans in place to handle something like this. And I don't think this is the last time this right. is going to happen this year. This is probably something we're going to have to deal with. They're not going to cancel games. They might have to reschedule games, which is going to be a, a different thing. But it sounds like this game is probably going to get played this week, uh, barring any type of setback. But one of the leagues that I'm in, we're allowed to – put those players in our lineup. Like if I wanted to start Deontay Johnson, I'm allowed to put him in my lineup. And then if for whatever reason that game gets canceled or he does not play, I'm allowed to name one backup player who I can replace him with 
later on, la- later on, I can have the commissioner like change my lineup and put that player in. But I have to name it to the league, like in our group chat, ahead of time. That way, I can't change my mind later. And, well, that's but, interesting. And it's only if Deontay Johnson does not play. Yeah, so with the uh, with the league that I'm in, uh, the one that is is real heavily involved, we have an extra spot for like if a player tests positive for COVID. Now, obviously, if you use that spot for somebody who doesn't test positive for COVID, you just use it for a bench spot. You get, uh, I believe, you get fine points uh, in that week. But when it comes to, I don't know if we have that rule because I have Juju uh, on one of my teams, and I know that I'm kind of interested in that because if I leave him my lineup, do I get like, and if he doesn't play, I need to talk to my commissioner. Cause I don't know if we have that rule where I can just like substitute somebody else who maybe already played and I just get those points. Cause I feel like that's kind of weird, but yeah, we have oh. protocols in case like something happens like that. But I just like, what well, my thing is like, if I were to play Juju in my lineup, you know, Saturday, like, do we know when they're going to give us the official ruling on this game? No, I, I mean, I would hope that they're going to try to yeah. inform us as soon as possible. But that's also the situation where it, we established that rule headed into the year because if, like, you know, if there's a chance Deontay Johnson doesn't play whether this game gets played or not. Right. So that gets a little bit questionable, but that's why I have to establish it ahead of time. Like right now, I think I have Devontae Parker on my bench. And so I would put in Devontae Parker over Deontay Johnson if Deontay Johnson does not play. But I want Deontay Johnson in this matchup because the Titans secondary has been awful against opposing wide receivers. So I want Deontay Johnson in this matchup because I think Deontay Johnson's a star. So, but if he winds up, if it, you know, if they announce on Saturday, yes, this game's happening. Uh, but we already established that I get leeway there because, uh, because of, the the because of everything that's up in the air with this game. So if he winds up not playing, I can just say, well, I wanted to. I already established I'm putting in Devontae Parker. And, you know, it might work out. Maybe De- Devontae Parker's got a nice matchup this week against the Seahawks. Maybe he goes off and, and Deontay Johnson doesn't play. But it's still yeah. fair because we've already pre-established that. No, that makes sense. Okay, that that makes it uh, that 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 kind of fills in the picture right there. So like. Basically, what you do is you just tell your commissioner, like, "Hey, if this guy doesn't go, I'm going to choose this guy before anything even happens." So that would make that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, and that way, and every team in the league who has one of these players, like, you know, I, I guess you you could be a douche if you really wanted to and be like, <laughs> be like, "Well, I was going to play Benny Snell, and uh, yeah, he's not playing now, so I got to put this guy back in." Like. You could, I guess, but I mean, I'm sure you'd get called out if it was something like that. Like Deontay Johnson's a clear starter who I want in my yeah. lineup every week. Yeah, I would say if you had like Big Ben, Juju, James Conner, uh, Deontay Johnson, Gianni Smith, Ryan Tannehill, Corey Davis, Derrick Henry, I think that's about as far as I would go. Yeah, and you know, if... A.J. Brown, like, you know, we're still waiting to see on that knee injury. He's dealing with a bone bruise. Hopefully he gets healthy because I want to see football is more fun when A.J. Brown's on the field. Uh, But, like, he's a guy in my my guillotine league. I have A.J. Brown, and I've just been benching him every week, you know, trying to hang on to him. 
but that's a league where, you know, each week a roster gets cut. And so yeah. I need A.J. Brown to get going here because he, he's supposed <laughs> to be a significant part of my team. Yeah, get that knee together, A.J. Come on, Serta needs you. Oh, I just, I just want to see him on the field. I love A.J. I don't know why your voice dropped a couple octaves oh, there. Of like he's so tenderness. good. He's so good. He just a beast. All right, but uh, let's let's preview a, a couple quick matchups before we get out of here today. Uh, I'll, we're we're recording this on Thursday morning. Actually, we normally do it on Wednesday, but uh, I was a little busy yesterday, so we had to get in in the into the office early today to knock this thing out. Uh, tonight's Thursday night football game. How do you what? feel about the Broncos and the Jets? I don't want anything to do with this game. I don't even want to watch this game. You're not going to play Jerry Judy or Noah Fan. I'm still playing Noah Fan. Noah Fan's of been course. spectacular. I tried to tell you about Noah Fant six weeks ago. I've got him in a couple of leagues. He's been great. You're, you're welcome. Uh, yeah. So uh, Noah Fant, I guess I don't want Jerry. I, that's all I want is Noah Fant. We, we should we should make it just in case you I missed just, it. I, Jeff Driscoll's they, not the playing. Broncos in this are game. starting ripping. Yes, Brett Rippin. And maybe Blake Bortles is their backup, so maybe Bortles if something happens to Rippin. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll stick with – go ahead. Yeah, it's just – Bortle power, man. No, I'm all about uh, – I'm just about Noah Fan on the Denver side. Maybe Melvin Gordon, I guess, would be a good play. Yeah, um – Melvin, yeah, I'm playing in this one. There, there's a chance Philip Lindsay returns, which, you know, before Lindsay went down, this looked like it was going to be uh, more of a timeshare than we initially anticipated. Melvin Gordon hasn't been awful, and this is a good matchup. I think you can start him uh, with all the wide receiver injuries. I, I think you can play Jerry Judy. I'm not going as deep as K.J. Hamler just yet. I, I picked K.J. Hamler up in a couple of leagues as – a a just deep stash because I think he's got upside as the season moves on, uh, and he's been getting a ton of routes uh, coming back oh, from yeah. injury. So so I like that with Hamler. I, I just need to see a little bit more. Uh, you know, Judy's going to be their their top pass catching option uh, on a weekly basis with no Cortland Sutton this year, and against the Jets secondary, this has potential. I know Judy's a little banged up, but. This has potential to be a, a breakout game for Jerry Judy, even with Brett Rippon as the starting quarterback because the Jets are just that bad. Like, the Jets got absolutely dominated by the Niners last week, and I understand the Niners are, you know, defending NFC champions, but the Niners are missing, like, half of their starting roster, including Nick Mullins being their starting quarterback last week, and they just decimated the Jets. The Jets are by far the worst football team in the league right now. And so I think if you need to, if you've got Chris Godwin, AJ Brown, Deontay Johnson, Michael Thomas, Devonte Adams, like all these guys that, that are up in the air this week, I think you can start Jerry Judy tonight. And I wouldn't be that mad about it. It's kind of a gamble. It's kind of a stretch just because you don't know what quarterback receiver combination could be, but to play it on the good side, to give you the, the non-Devils advocate, yes, he's going to be the number one receiver. He's going to be the number one targeted option other than Noah Fant. And if they develop a good chemistry early against a very, very bad Jets team, then kudos to you. You're going to probably put up – Judy could put up very serious numbers. Now, 
The thing that concerns me is that this is a Thursday night game with a new quarterback, with a system that he might not be completely comfortable with, and it's a primetime game. No matter how you want to look at it, big lights, big show. Granted, it's against a very little competitive team in the Jets. But for me, you know, I always say the first four weeks are important. The first four weeks, because there's no buys, there's no nothing. You don't have to worry about really fluctuating your lineup. You can put it in and get it right. And I just think that playing Jerry Judy is just a little bit too much of a gamble for me this week. Yeah, I just don't think it's a gamble against the Jets. But it is Thursday. Uh, it is your third-string quarterback. And, you know, you're on the road on Thursday. Yeah. That, that generally tends to skew towards the home team. Uh, but, you know, I don't have any faith in Sam Darnold. Uh, I just dropped Chris Herndon officially in a league. It's yeah. it's just all it's all ugly for the Jets. I, I'm staying away from the Jets altogether. You don't want anything to do with them. And, is Adam and the, Gase worse than Bill O'Brien? Yes, without a doubt. Okay. He's the worst head coach say. in football and has been, has been for everywhere he's been. As soon as players got away from him, they lived up to their potential. Like he's he's the opposite of Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick takes takes guys and gets the best out of them, even when they struggle in other places. Adam Gase goes out of his way to make them the worst possible players that he can. I mean, when his eyes were doing that at the press conference, they should have known right then and there that it wasn't a good idea. Yeah, when he looks like he had just been snorting lines right before right before the press conference. I'm not even sure cocaine does that to you. I think that might have been like some sort of mushroom or something that he was on. It was something that he was on. All right, let's get to some real matchups yeah. for, for for this weekend. Uh, the Saints are taking on the Lions. The Saints are... Everybody's picking the Saints to be a Super Bowl contender out of the NFC. Drew Brees does not Please. look very good, uh, but nope. obviously he hasn't had Michael Thomas. They're one and two. They've lost two in a row since starting one and zero. Oh. Uh, Michael Thomas did return to practice uh, in some capacity yesterday, though, so there is optimism he could play today or play this weekend. I don't think that he should play this weekend. Again, I think that they need to try to hold him out a little while longer. We saw this happen last year with Saquon Barkley. They rushed him back after a couple of weeks, and he just wasn't the same type of player until later on in the season. I think it's a bad idea to rush Michael Thomas back, but this is the NFL, and this is what they generally do. So if Michael Thomas plays this weekend, are you putting him in your lineup against a bad Detroit Lions secondary? 100%. Even if he's only going to get 80% of the snaps, you know as soon as he steps on the field, Drew Brees is going to target him no matter how many, like, even if he's only on the field for 50% of the snaps and that's only eight targets, Drew Brees is going to throw him eight targets. And with it being Michael Thomas, he's going to catch eight or seven of them. So yes, the minute Michael Thomas is back on that field, he has to go into your lineup, no matter where you're at. Detroit seems like a great matchup. Um, I actually, this is one of the games I wrote down that has a lot of fantasy value all over the place. Um, but, yes, if Michael Thomas is back and he's ready to go, even if it is in a limited capacity, he's got to be better than what you have in there because Michael Thomas is probably your first overall pick and you probably took him in the top five. And Kenny Galladay finally made his return last week. He caught a touchdown. Uh, he's clearly the Lions' best option. So, I mean, Kenny Galladay is in, your, is in your lineup every week as long as he's playing. And Marvin Jones has been a huge letdown this season. He has not looked good. TJ Hawkinson. Uh, is quietly having a very nice start to the year, though. 
and his targets mm-hmm. have been going up a little bit. He's the number two pass catching option in this offense. I think TJ Hawkinson's a weekly starter now. I'm fair. I was going to say I, the two guys I want to talk about Detroit was Marvin Jones being a letdown and TJ Hawkinson really proving that second year tight ends can really start to strive. Yeah. And, you know, him and Noah Fant played at the same school, both first round picks. Uh, Noah mm-hmm. Fant early on looked like he was the, we built Ford the best player. Echoes. Oh, close that out. I'm going to cut that out. I'm just going to leave that in there. We just got Uh, sponsored by Ford Edge for five seconds. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I really like TJ Hawkinson. He's really really starting to be a a playmaker for the Lions offense. Uh, I I have him in one league, and he's going to be a weekly starter for me moving forward. He's been consistent. He's been getting the looks from Matthew Stafford, so I really like that. Uh, We don't really need to talk about Alvin Kamara. He's been... Absolutely, well, yeah, you know he is. He's been superb. He's he's been that incredible. run last week. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I've only got Kamara <laughs> in one league. I, I wish I had him in more. Uh, he's been absolutely nuts. Uh, the next game I want to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Los Angeles Chargers. I think we're assuming Justin Herbert starting in this one. I haven't looked that much into Tyrod Taylor, uh, but I'm assuming Justin Herbert starting. I expect the Bucks to win this game, but the Bucks. The Bucks' offense has not been great. And Bruce Arian said yesterday that Chris Godwin's probably not going to play in this game. And now there's worry that Leonard Fournette's also not going to play in this game. Leonard Fournette had the big week two game. We kind of expected him to take over the backfield last week. But it was still kind of an even split between him and Ronald Jones. Uh, the Chargers do have a very good run defense, though. But if Leonard Fournette doesn't go and Ronald Jones is their clear-cut starting back, I think you still have to put him into your lineup this week. Is this a week where maybe you start Gronkowski? Because last yes. week he actually had a decent week, and if Godwin's out, like Brady's going to target Evans heavy, and then he doesn't really have – I mean, he's going to – I feel like this is a week where if you have Gronk and he's your backup tight end, depending on who you – like let's say you thought Evan Ingram was going to turn it because Evan Ingram has been just absolutely terrible, but that's just because the Giants have been terrible. But maybe this is a week where you really have to think about starting Gronkowski. Yeah, I mean, I would start Gronk this week over Evan Ingram, but like we, yeah. like we just talked about, I would start. I wouldn't start Gronk over T.J. Hawkinson, but I no but, Gronk, yeah. Gronk is in play this week. It's just the the char the Chargers secondary obviously really good, although Chris Harris Jr. is dealing with an injury now, so that's a pretty big blow to their secondary. But the the Bucks passing offense, it, it's frustrating because. I don't think Brady's been that bad. His numbers would suggest otherwise. I think that there's been a lot of miscues on that offense. There's been a lot of drops, a lot of guys, you know, seems like they're running the wrong routes or or them and Brady aren't on the same page. And that's not something Brady's used to because, you know, the Patriots are this well-oiled machine and their offense was built around precision and Brady's intermediate accuracy and his timing routes with Julian Edelman and all of that. And he, he doesn't seem to have that with Tampa Bay, but I don't think that's something you can build in one offseason the way that he had it in New England, especially with the weird offseason that we had here. So, like, I don't think we've seen the best version of the Bucks offense yet this year, especially with all the injuries. Mike Evans was hurt early on. Now Chris Godwin's hurt again, coming off of a... a concussion now he's dealing with a hamstring injury that could sideline him multiple weeks and it's it's not great right now in tampa i expect them to win this game but mike like mike evans had two catches for two yards that went for two touchdowns last week so like if you started him in your lineup you're fine because of the touchdowns 
But Mike Evans' yardage totals have been awful. Just he he's got I think he's got one big offensive game, really. It's just touchdowns have been saving him because he's got a touchdown in each game. Yeah, like week one, he had one catch for two yards, but it went for a score. Week two against uh, against a much worse Panthers secondary, he had seven catches for 104 yards, also a touchdown. Last week, two catches, two yards, two touchdowns. So he's got four touchdowns on the year, so you still have to start him every week because he's obviously a red zone option for Brady. But this is, like, like his yardage totals, he's got 108 yards on the season off of 10 catches through three games. Hey, I mean, a catch and 10 yards is two points, or a catch and a 10-yard touchdown is uh, is eight. So, I mean, yeah, I guess we can complain that Mike Evans isn't putting up the, you know, eight for 105 every week or the six for, you know, 90. But like you said, if he's an end zone, uh, if he's an end zone target and he's just an end zone junkie that gets touchdowns, I'm like you. There's nothing else you can do. You have to play a guy like that just because you know that if it's been this way through three weeks, Brady's going to go to the well every single time. And Mike Evans being 6'5 and 235 pounds, that's somebody that, you know, you just have to accept is maybe his role is going to be in the end zone. Anything else after that is a bonus. And a quick look at the Chargers. Like, obviously, you're playing Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler's been great this season. Uh, I feel like he's been quietly great because I feel like we've been paying so much attention to Joshua Kelly. Like, it's obviously, it's a split between them, but it's a split the same way that that it was last year with Melvin Gordon in a lot of ways. And Austin Eckler still has a ton of weekly value. Uh, The the Bucs' run defense is really, really good, though. So I, I wouldn't expect a ton from Joshua Kelly this week. Uh, but Austin Eckler's got to be in your line just because of his pass catching upside. Uh, and I, I know Keenan, Keenan Allen needs to be in your weekly lineup because Keenan Allen with Justin Herbert under center has been, has been the go-to target. So he needs to be a weekly starter, Hunter Henry and, uh, Mike Williams. I'm benching Mike Williams until I see a little bit more out of him. I feel like we had really high hopes for him coming into the season. And he hasn't really delivered. No, and then the quarterback situation also doesn't help that one of his quarterbacks has a hole in his lung from their team doctor and the other guy's a rookie. Yeah, so I'm staying away from Mike Williams. Um, another game that I, I love this weekend is the Seattle Seahawks at the Miami Dolphins. I love Fitzmagic this weekend. Fitzmagic's had back-to-back good fantasy performances after a, after a bad week one. And he's going against the Seahawks secondary that is just giving up over 400 passing yards per game. Yeah, you talk about the uh, how the opposite trend has happened in Seattle, where they used to be a heavy focused defensive team, go out there, run the ball, and it was over. You know, the score was 20 to 17. Now they've just completely changed it. They've taken a page out of the Chiefs book from 2017. They said, you know what? We're going to let this guy throw the ball for 450 yards a game. We're going to let him throw for three touchdowns. We're just going to beat teams 41 to 30. And when you brought up this game, it's the game I have a star next to on my schedule. This is my last year Tampa Bay Carolina game. I think this game has potential to have over 70 points total scored. I don't think Seattle cares how they win just as long as they win. I don't think they care who it's against whether it's Miami, New England, whoever they play, they just want to win and they want to score points. And right now the DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson connection 
is on fire, and I don't think they should do anything, anything with it. Just let it ride it out. Yeah, I mean, Russ and DK and Tyler Lockett, like all those guys are in your lineup. Uh, there, There is some concern that Chris Carson might not play in this game after dealing with the knee sprain last week. Um, if he doesn't I don't play, think he's going to play. If he doesn't play, you can put Carlos Hyde into your lineup. Dolphins are still a bad run defense. They're still a bad overall defense. Uh, Byron Jones is dealing with some injuries. He hasn't played in a couple of weeks. He might not play this week. That's all going to set up very nicely for Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks, yeah, they're right now they're on par with the Chiefs. Like you just, if you got if you got Lockett, you got Metcalf, you got Wilson, you put them in your lineup every week, and you don't even think about it. Uh, yeah. as, as far as the Dolphins go, uh, Jamal Adams might not play in this game for the Seahawks, and their secondary hasn't been able to stop anybody, anyways, which. I'm sure it's frustrating for them as a team because their secondary is talented. They just have no pass rush whatsoever. They can't get after anybody. And I know Fitzmagic's kind of, uh, you know, he should be a guy that you can put pressure on, especially with the questionable Dolphins offensive line. Uh, but I love Devontae Parker this week. He's been, he was dealing with some injuries uh, in training camp and then headed on early into the season. But he's been coming on the past couple of weeks. He's been getting more involved in the offense. I really like Devontae Parker this week. He's going to be a guy that I play in multiple leagues. Uh, and, and I like Preston Williams. Preston Williams has been getting yep. more involved in the offense. Mike Jasicki, obviously, I think we're we're at a point where we can pl- just plug him into our lineups on a weekly basis. He's getting enough targets. He's getting enough volume. Um, and then how do you feel about the backfield? How do you feel about Miles Gaskin, who been, hasn't been like a monster fantasy contributor but he's been super rock solid, and he's their clear lead back, although Jordan Howard's going to continue to get these unbelievably frustrating one-yard touchdowns when, when he just does absolutely nothing throughout the the rest of the game. But then they get to the one, and they just give it to him. So he's got like three or four touchdowns on the season. It's driving me nuts. Yeah, I like Gaskin because the volume's there, right? Like you and I, I mean, I guess I give you more credit than I will uh, give myself, but like you've been on him for two weeks now. Um, the, the Jordan Howard thing is, is to the point where I, I don't even have anybody involved in the Miami backfield, but it pisses me off. He's got a touchdown in all three games. <laughs> yeah. And he's and got, just, he's got 12 it, rushing yards on the season yeah. and three touchdowns. It, it reminds me of when the chiefs had Jamal Charles and Thomas Jones and Jamal Charles would march down the field, have like 35 yards rushing. They get to like the five and then Thomas Jones would run it in and you'd be like, why do I keep missing out on six points? That's where we're currently at with Ga- with Miles Gaskin and Jordan Howard. Like, I just need Jordan Howard to go away. Like, I need him to go find the vacuum salesman from Breaking Bad, get in the back of a van, and just let Miles Gaskin have that team because he's clearly the front runner. They clearly like him the best. It just seems that right now with Gaskin that we're just like, the only way he's going to get a touchdown is if he breaks off a home run type of play. And that's got to be, you know, outside of 20 yards and score. Um, but that's where I'm at with this backfield. I think if I had Miles Gaskin, I would play him every single week as a flex or my RB2. Yeah, I do have him in a couple of lineups. He's definitely going to go into my lineup this week. Although the Seahawks have been pretty good against opposing rushers, but I think that's more of a product of you just you have to pass against Seattle because their passing yeah. game has just been unstoppable, and you can't slow them down, so you just have to pass against them. Um, yeah. Another game I want to look at real quick before we get out of here, the Packers and the Falcons. Uh, yeah. It just seems like the, the Falcons just seem to be in these games every week where it's just start everybody. And 
And I am a little bit worried about Atlanta, though. You know, Julio Jones didn't play last week. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, Russell Gage left last week's game with a concussion. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Calvin Ridley, top-scoring fantasy wide receiver across the board. He's been absolutely unbelievable. Calvin Ridley is a is a fantasy wide receiver one who's in your lineup each and every week. Um, if Russell Gage and Julio Jones play, I think I'm still starting both of them. Yes, 100%. I think uh, Julio, obviously, the the until he has completely fallen off the face of the earth, um, he's in every single lineup gauge, just the way that Atlanta is. Because the thing is, is like Atlanta's the best thing that's happened to fantasy football in the last 10 years because they have tons of talent that you've drafted for your fantasy squad, and they either put up a ton of points early and then they have to come back and play in the last quarter of the game and come back and try to win, or they just get in these shootouts where they're just going to score 30 points a game. Like Matt Ryan is back on pace to being a top five quarterback in fantasy, not because he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league, but because of the volume and how many times they throw the ball and how many times they come from behind, or they just start off really hot and then they just literally poop the bed and then they come back and they, have to start fired again and he finds Calvin Ridley or he finds I don't like Hayden Hurst this week he's the only one for Atlanta that I don't like why because Green Bay does pretty good against opposing tight ends I'm still starting Hayden Hurst there's just too there's just too much passing volume I know he was a big letdown last week after after being great against the Cowboys he had 72 72 yards and a touchdown uh, last week he only had one catch, but it did go for a touchdown. Like I, I, I want to see more volume for Hayden Hurst. I think the volume's going to be there, and Atlanta just can't run the ball. Like they, they just no. they're going to throw so much. I think he's got weekly, at the very least, touchdown upside. Um, and the Packers, if Devontae Adams doesn't play, I think you have to play Alan Lazard in this game. I'm not going anywhere near MVS, and obviously Aaron Jones is in your lineup, but that's. That's really all. All I'm willing to take a chance on in this game because I don't. I don't trust any other Packers pass catcher. No Rodgers. Well, yeah, obviously Rodgers. Oh, you're just talking about receivers. Hey, I tried to tell you about Lazard last week. I'm just saying. Yeah, and I I was off on Lazard last week because last season when Devontae Adams didn't play, nobody was consistent. But uh, I did say MV stay the hell away from MVS, and that yeah, you did. and that was correct. MVS is yeah. just really, really <laughs> inconsistent. He is not a guy you can count on on, on a week in week out basis. Um, uh, really quickly, how you feel about this Chiefs Patriots game on Sunday? I think it's gonna be. I mean, I'm done. I'm done out in the Chiefs points every week. I'm going to be here in their environment. There'll be 16,000 fans there. Um, they're playing a 325 games. So they have plenty of time to work to take off about this game. I'll tell you what, though. This sounds weird. Sammy Watkins is a must start every week. Uh, I don't care if they're playing New England. I don't care if they're playing the Browns. Whoever they're playing, Sammy Watkins is a must start. Um, I'm interested in how they use Clyde Edwards Hilaire in this game because, or however Steve Levy says it, but. They used him in that Ravens game in the biggest game of the year for them where they really opened up that playbook, and and Clyde was really solid. So I think his role is more trusted. I think we're done with Darwin Thompson trying to take any type of shine from that backfield because of the fumble, and, and you know how Andy Reid is with fumbles. But, you know, I like Cam. I think Cam can do his own in this game. But the, the way that this team handled 
Um, well, Marlon Humphrey just got paid $98.75 million on a five-year deal, according to Schefter. Deservably so. Um, but I think that, I, I, you know, Edelman always seems to give the Chiefs fits. Um, I'd stay away from New England's backfield. And I'd also be a little weary because the Chiefs did a really good job with Lamar Jackson. They forced him to his left, and they were really able to kind of figure out what he wanted to do. So that kind of worries me some when it comes to playing Cam. But I like this game. I think the Chiefs win this game, and I think the Chiefs continue to just keep scoring 30. And I'm like you, man, if you have Watkins, Clyde, Travis, Tyreek, Patrick Mahomes, um, you start them all. I think with New England, you obviously start Cam. You obviously start Edelman. This is a tough one for you if you have New England's defense because if you drop them, somebody's going to take them. But I don't think you can start New England's defense against Kansas City this week. Yeah, you start all your Chiefs. Um, I'm not willing to deploy McCole Hardman on a weekly basis. I think he's a solely matchup dependent player, and I, I'd be I'd be okay with I'd be okay with putting Sammy Watkins in. Start Cam. Start Julian Edelman. Don't start Rex Burkhead. Start James White. He's going to be back this week, so I'd rather play James White and Nikhil Harry. Sure. Uh, I can't hear you, Dusty. Um, we got to get out of here anyways. Thank you guys for right. listening. Uh, this is the Force to Pump podcast. We'll talk to you next week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.